This is the Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSIN, the sports betting network. Well, I don't know how we're going to top that last hour. Uh, Warren Moon joining us, Hall of Famer, both in the Canadian Football League and the NFL, and then Tim Kirchin and his son joining us in studio as well. So, uh, so great stuff there. And you got to uh, you, you mentioned a little bit to start the show. You knew Tim when you were yeah, when you when were a fresh at, pup at ESPN. Yeah, when I was at ESPN. You know, in my initial foray in, into broadcasting and uh, he was extremely extremely pleasant nice with me you know a lot of times the MLB season and the NFL season overlap you know and so we're at ESPN during the same times the baseball guys the mm-hmm. NFL guys so there's a lot of downtime you know especially when games are on and you have a late sports center or you know whatever it may be and so you get to you know kind of communicate and chit chat with some of the other guys, he was always nice, always a nice guy. Yeah, and uh, it is. It's, there's a funny, uh, there's there's an irony to any. In one of his books, he talks about how baseball is in his blood, and he grew up, and he actually went to a high school named after a baseball player in the D.C. area, Walter Johnson High School. And oddly enough, my brother uh-huh. became the head baseball coach there once upon a time. So wow. it, it all kind of the weird connections, but really appreciate him. And, uh, and his son, Jeff, for stopping by. And it is, it's so funny, and I, I should have said this on the air, but you could tell, uh-huh. man, is that guy proud of his kid. Oh, and, absolutely. And being on, you know, doing the broadcast yeah. with him and all the cool things he's done. And I remember uh, we talked about it. His son, Jeff, who's once again a, a radio host here in Las Vegas, now was an intern for the baseball team I was working for. He was doing PA for like a day game. Tim Kirkchen came out. He sat right underneath the microphone. <laughs> he listened to it all, so it was pretty cool. Uh, great to have him in, and, and apparently you're going to go put in a bet on Matt Olson to win an MVP. Yeah, once they make it available. I don't <laughs> think they have baseball futures up quite yet, but you know me, man. The only way you remember all of this stuff, especially when you're jumping from sport to sport, is by writing it down. So That's something that I learned early. You know, A lot of people don't know this about my NFL career, but my first four years in the National Football League, I had four different offensive coordinators. You know, when I was drafted, you know, Mike Shula was the offensive coordinator. They fired Mike Shula. They brought in um, Les Steckel, who came in from the Tennessee Titans. And then my third year, we had Clyde Christensen. And then my fourth year was John Gruden. So my first four years, I was learning a brand-new system. So, you know, you take notes or you die, you know, because – you know, it's not the easiest thing, you know, when you're never really getting a second year, you know, in a, in a system. So, you know, it's just something that's always stuck with me. It's something that I do. You know, also, I know you like to, you know, kind of evolve your f- past opinion sometimes. So I have to go back and, you know, <laughs> fact check. Oh, I got you. By the way, this is completely random, but like I was watching Twitter and one of the Klitschko brothers just signed up to be in Ukraine's reserve army. So I'm not exactly sure what's going on over there, but I'll read up on it later. <laughs> you and your boxing. We got to get I a love break. boxing. We got to get a breakdown. I'm trying to get Sean weekend. Porter in studio Friday to uh, talk about the, the Keith Thurman fight this Saturday, but I don't know if it's going to happen. 
got some short odds. We got to, yeah, on Friday's it, show, we, I need, I need yeah. Buckstradamus to become boxing So it's, it's scaring the bejeezies out of me. Because <laughs> Mario bejeez. Barrios has never fought at 147. Keith Thurman is a legit 147-pounder that can punch. Yeah, is athletic, is skilled. The only thing with him is he hadn't fought since the Pacquiao fight, which is a little over two years. But the odds say that Barrios is super live. I think Keith is minus 170, 180, and Barrios is plus 150-ish. Right now at Westgate, Keith Thurman is minus 190, mm-hmm. and Mario Barrios is plus 170. Yeah, I mean. So, yeah, that's a, I mean, for, for a boxing match? Yeah, for a guy that's never fought at 47 and Barrios coming up, I mean, wasn't a big puncher at 40. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like this is knockout artist that's coming up. Uh, I mean, geez, it's making me nervous, actually. I mean, I believe in my boy. Like, Keith Thurman is that guy. I think boxing needs Keith Thurman because, you know, he can communicate extremely well. And you're going? Well. You'll be there? I'm still deciding. You always do this. You're, yeah. You're, I'm going to go to this fight. And, you know, we're, we were talking about a Monday night football game we're going to go to. That never happened. You're... But I told you that when you first you met and, me. You and your cigar lounge, man. Yeah, we got to take you. I got to, like, peel you out of there. Dude, I'm not the biggest live event guy. I'm just not. Why? Are you <laughs> You saw enough football in your life, yeah, so I'm just, you're, you're I'm good? I'm spoiled. Like, if I want a cocktail, I'd like it to be right there next to me. <laughs> if I want to switch cigars, I'd like to be I like to be there. You know, if I want to use the bathroom, you know, if I want to take my shoes off. You know, if I want to change the channel, you know, just, I don't know. I'm spoiled. Kinda, at least, at least you admit it. Yeah, I am. At least I'm you spoiled. admit it. Uh, let's get you updated on some games going on right now. Uh, I'm not going to, well, we didn't play it, so I don't think I'm mushing anybody unless you, you, you tailed Sean. But, Sean, you handicapped this game incredibly well. Uh, we got Illinois now up 14 on Wisconsin. They were up four at the half. And you said, lay the three in the second half. Illinois is going to win this game by double figures. They're up by 14. Kofi Coburn tonight. And this is the interesting thing about Illinois. And they are so matchup based. Kofi Coburn facing a team like Wisconsin, he can't be stopped. Oh, yeah. He can't be stopped. He has 33 points tonight, Sean, 10 boards. He's 14 of 17 from the field. He's too skilled. He's too big. They have no answer for Kofi Coburn. He is dominating this game. And your guy, Andrew Corbello, uh, really hasn't done much because all that matters is 21 down low. He is so taking this game over. I love Corbello because of his ability when they need someone to get their own shot, to penetrate, to get to the rim off the dribble. He's elite. And it's one of the reasons what you were saying about Kofi is why I think Illinois is a legitimate contender to win the national championship. Because if they get the right bracket, mm-hmm. And they don't have to face Purdue or Auburn or Kentucky or one of the only about seven teams that has a legit low post guy. I mean, Kofi dominates smaller guys. I mean, when he plays a skilled big, you know, like Purdue has or or Auburn. Purdue's got two of them. Right. Then I've seen him struggle. But against teams that can't match his actual size, I mean, he's dominant. Well, be and that's why I just think it's all the, the whole NCAA tournament, in my opinion, is going to be about the the uh, bracket. Who has to go through who? I mean, there are some teams that if they catch the right matchup early, they're going home. And then there's some teams that could lose in the first round if they get the right matchups. They could be in the Final Four. It's just how much parity I think is in college basketball this year. 
Second half just underway in uh, in Wisconsin, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, the Fiserv Forum, and Shaka as a home dog, baby. We'll see if it holds up. They lead. Marquette leads Villanova 46-34 to on this one. You gave me the, the nudge across the finish line. Yeah, well, um, we got to get it home. We got to get it home. You uh, know, as much as you believed in Shaka, I'm just telling you, Tim. You're not a believer Villanova's in Villanova. Villanova's a fade. Like, if you can catch Villanova in the right spots – this isn't the national championship caliber Villanova team. Yeah, they've been. I mean, it's funny to say that a team that is, you know, 16 and five and ranked 12th in the country is a disappointment. But to me, if you look at where they sit in the futures market, my first futures play was Villanova when we heard that Colin Gillespie would be coming back. Uh, they would be bringing back, you know, uh, not everybody, um, but right now. Um, they're struggling right now in the Big East. We'll see, you know, how this game unfolds. Uh, they've got the capability of getting red hot and, uh, you know, and and covering this game or winning this game. Uh, but things are finishing up in Champaign. Never in doubt. And the fighting Brad Evans take care of business. They hammer Wisconsin 80 to 67. This was one of those games, Sean, and you always laugh at me. I looked at this line and I said, oh, boy. The bookmakers are begging you to take Wisconsin. Absolutely. It was seven. Last night, it was actually eight. It did come down a little bit. Uh, but Hero, sitting here at Circa, last night we're doing the show, the, the numbers pop up. And I look at the number and I say, wait, Illinois is going to be laying eight in this game? Terrible matchup. Odds makers knew it. And Wisconsin hammered Wisconsin. Uh, sorry, Illinois hammered Wisconsin. Kofi Kerbin finishes with 37 points tonight and 12 rebounds. An absolute monster performance from the Illini Center. And something else, if you're a fan of the Illini, to keep in mind, you're going to have an extremely fresh Kofi come NCAA, come March. Because he missed the beginning of the season. He missed his stretch in the middle, you know, with the concussion or whatever it was that was going on. So it's not like he's going to have 30 games on his back. Like, this is going to be a guy who's only played basically half the season. So, I mean, if we can put the odds to win the uh, NCAA tournament up one more time, I think Illinois is in the, what, teens? Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, we, we can – we'll get some – yeah, but usually I would say roughly in that high teens spot is where – 25 to 1. I'm just, the way their team is constructed. I think you need if to – If they avoid, like, five or six teams, they you, can win it all. You need to throw a little – I am. A little change down on, on Illinois. Remind me to do that tomorrow, please. All right, you can do it tonight yeah. if you want. By the way, next Tuesday night in West Lafayette, Illinois at Purdue. That'll That's a bad a, matchup for them. It is. And they already lost to Purdue once at home, 96-88. to 88. Marquette continuing to lead right now, but uh, Villanova chipping away. 10-point uh, lead with uh, 17 minutes to go in uh, the like second Villanova's half. a team full of uncles. Like, they play like a, a, a your uncle game. You know, he backs you down and, like, talks and then, you know, sticks his elbow out and, and puts the wing on you and, and hits the layup. Like, that's the kind of team they got. Like, get out of here with that. Uh, a couple NBA games going on right now. Denver leading Utah at the half. Utah was laying six and a half in that one. Brooklyn as a five-point road favorite at Sacramento, up eight at the break. And the Lakers without LeBron, early lead for them. That one early second quarter, 28 to 18. It's the nightcap here on VC.
This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back in this segment of the Nightcap being brought to you by Zinn Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and many more. For your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zinn, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zinn. Head on over to Zinn.com slash find to locate a store near you at ZYN.com slash find. Warning, this product does contain nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Alongside Sean King, Super Bowl champ, I am Tim Murray. Thanks again, Tim Kirkchen. Joining us in studio, I just retweeted the event here in Las Vegas yeah. that he and his son uh, will be uh, taking part in. So if you are local uh, and in town, uh, you know, obviously we'd love you to listen to the show. Maybe listen to the show after you go to the event. So uh, a cool event, uh, you know, for a good cause. And if you're a baseball person, why not? I just I retweeted it as well. Yeah. So please, uh, if you're in town, check it out. I know a lot of you are not here in the Las Vegas area, but uh, if you are, by the way, East West Shrine Bowl. Tomorrow. Tomorrow night. I was with my guy, Marcus Brady, last night, man. He's coaching one of the teams. We got the skills competition for the NHL All-Star Game. We've got the All-Star Game. We've got the Thurman fight. And don't just jump over the hockey skills competition. Oh, it's going to be incredible. I mean, I can't wait to see that. In front of the fountains at Bellagio, like they're, they're bringing the players in like on a boat. Like it's supposed to be like a huge deal. We need to – I feel like we need to get Banksy in here tomorrow to talk about all He was events. out there today, too. I'm sure he was. Yeah. I bet you he's going to be there on Friday. Mm-hmm. So maybe we got to get him in tomorrow to see uh, – yeah, Let's see what he, he doing tonight. I don't – let's see. Let's text him live on the air. Yeah. Um, and then we've what got – What you do when you know and then people. We've, and then we've got the Pro Bowl coming up on Sunday. Are you interested in going to the, the skills challenge? Because I think the Pro Bowl skill challenge is Thursday. Tomorrow, and it's at the uh, – they've turned the Aviator baseball – Yeah, feel into – Is it during the day? Yeah. It's during the day. We got to – I don't know exactly what – it's got to be during the day if they're going to show it on the East Coast. We're going to be we're gonna be working tomorrow night, so. Yeah, we work tomorrow night, but if it's during the day. Yeah. You know, we can send you as like a correspondent. Oh, send me. Yeah. Well, we won't send the former NFL player that knows everybody. We'll send me. Well, I've got to stop by the – Players Association here in Vegas is having an event that starts at 4.30. So I've got to go be there right at 4.30 to show my face. Okay. Then I want to stop by Warren's Moon's event that's at Lowry's. So I got to hurry up and scurry there to show my face and then get over here in time. So we appreciate you getting Warren Moon to come on the show. Right. Got some other friends in town. Just saying. So I'm working on it. So it's been really cloudy about who's coming. You know, this thing is kind of going down to the, the last minute. And I'm not talking about the current players. Yeah, we don't need current players. I want I want former players. Right. So a lot of them still are making a decision if they're coming because NFL is next week. So it's like they're trying not to start burning the candle 
you know, the Wednesday before the Wednesday before the Super Bowl. I'm just saying, this Come is hey. what I'm getting back. I'm just saying. I think a lot of people are coming into Vegas Sunday and are going to spend Super Bowl week in Vegas. Well, then get them in Super Bowl week. Well, that's next week. That's yeah. not this week. Start start burning those. Uh... So here's what I need you to do. I need Aaron to provide me with car service, and it'll make this a lot easier. I don't think Aaron is one who has the capabilities to make that happen. Well, he can send an email. He's good with the email. He's good with the email. So on behalf of the nightcap, we need a complimentary uh, 24-hour uh, car service for the week of the Pro Bowl. And, you know, it makes it a lot easier for me if I'm like, uh, there's a car waiting downstairs for you. Oh, man. I'm just saying. No, I mean, I look. See, we got lucky with Tim because his son lives here. Yeah. So his son provided the transportation. But a lot of times people are out of town, you know. And you got... You mean you're winning all these hockey bets? You're giving great advice. None of it. None of it's going to. You got load. You got, none you got, of it's going to paying for car service. Stacks of cash. And none of it's going to paying for car service. Yeah. By the way, the uh, Marquette lead is now four. So. Shout out the DraftKings. We need the uh, company card, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I misspoke. They are up eight. So come on, Marquette, keep getting it done. All you right. Got this. You got what? Twelve points. So I want to just kind of as as the week goes on. By the way, Villanova turned it over. There so, we go. Yep. As the week goes on, I want to keep just looking at some of these props. Uh, all the big props drop tomorrow night at uh, at the Westgate. We'll discuss that. But You want to explain that event? I mean, that was a pretty cool event. Yeah, Patrick Everson was talking about it. So uh, they do it every year, and the board goes black at the Westgate Superbook. I forget what time. Either 7 or 8 o'clock here in Vegas. And then they light up the board. Not available on the app until the morning. And you can go to the counter and make bets. So if that happens at 7, mm-hmm. what time do you think you have to get to the Westgate to get a decent spot in line? I don't know. That's a great question. And you can make three bets before you have to get to the back of the line? you can three bets, and then, yeah, and those lines are moving too. So once you get up there, I mean, you're keeping an eye on, on what's going on up top because it might be shifting. So, yeah, it is. Uh, it's, we'll cover for you. <laughs> what am I going to do? You can go. Oh, no. You and your yeah. – you and Puckstradamus? You know, I, I didn't you really. I didn't really jump into the props 10 toes down this year. Just like I didn't really jump into the in game betting as much because I don't utilize the apps. Yeah, you need to do that. Uh, we'll, we'll work on it. <laughs> I don't know why you don't have apps. Well, first of all, I here. can't have the one app because we live in Vegas. Well, yeah, I mean, you can have. And secondly, it's a circa di- it, it's app, a discipline thing. South. Penn- I do have circa app because I was in Survivor, oh, okay. but I don't use it. Like I need, I like to have. The, I know you come in with your tickets every day. And yeah, you throw them down. I like to have the the bridge that is created between having to get up and actual go to the brick and mortar. It's just it's more comforting for me because I have to think about what I'm going to play from the time I. Leave the house you, to drive. Do you write letters to people still? You know? Yeah. Absolutely. Get down, write your correspondence. Facts. Come on, man. It's nothing <laughs> like the pen and pad. Um, no. All the great musicians, that was their pathway to. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I love pen and pad, too. I got my yeah, pad nah, here. Not so much. What? It's not as much. I'm using yellow. I love my yellow legal pad. That's my yeah, thing. Mathematicians write on yellow. Easy on my, easy on my eyes. All right. Um. Joe Burrow over under passing yards, 273 and a half right now at DraftKings. Matthew Stafford, 278 and a half right now at DraftKings. And, you know, historically, 
the way to go on a lot of these props is to look to the under. Joe Burrow, just to point it out, so he had a big game against the Titans. He threw for 348 yards. Against the Raiders, only 244. And last week, even in overtime, threw for 250. So we know that the likelihood of Burrow getting some pressure is going to be on him. And I think you've mentioned this maybe more so off air, but I think it's a really good point, especially when you're looking at this prop. I think Cincinnati is going to try to utilize the run game a decent amount in this spot. I think under on Joe Burrow is is a way to look on his pl- uh, passing props. Yeah, so if you combine the three playoff games, mm-hmm. he's averaging 280.7 a game. But I know I there's an outlier. But the, the outlier is against Tennessee, who right. you can't run on. But it's also a game he got sacked nine times. True. And people are saying that the Rams' greatest advantage in the game was their pass rush versus the Bengals' pass protection. So he kind of proved in that game, okay, you're going to blitz me, you're going to bring guys and pressure me, I'm going to stand in here, not fold, you know, stay composed and deliver the ball. And now you put yourself in a situation where you got to make a lot of one-on-one tackles. And I think sometimes his yardage – like total yardage has kind of stayed down because they've been balanced and they've gotten some short fields. You know, uh, the defense has done a good job of timely turnovers that have turned into points, you know. But the bigger thing for me is where are they in time of possession? Can we look up that stat? Is there a way that we can put all three of the Bengals' playoff games together and tell me what the overall time of possession was? I can get it for you. Uh, Time of possession against the Chiefs. Um, they had the ball 35-56 of, remember, they went to overtime. Mm-hmm. So the Chiefs had the ball for about 30 minutes um, against Tennessee. It would help if you just kept talking, ramping a little bit. Well, you're uh, talking. 330, 30, 30, or 30, 33 minutes against Tennessee, they had the ball. Mm-hmm. And then against the Raiders... They finished with 31-51. So they won the time of possession in all three games. In every game. Yep. That's balance. That means they're running the ball. That means they're not in a lot of hurry-up situations. They're they're running the play clock down. So I'm going to say the under is probably the early lean. All right. That's Sean King. I'm Tim Murray. It is the nightcap here on Visa. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Drink smooth, draft smart, make it count. Join the action on football's biggest Sunday with the final football face-off presented by Jack Daniels. Play free fantasy football. For your shot at a share of $20,000 in total cash prizes, head to DraftKings.com slash Jack Daniels now to set your roster before game time. Jack Daniels, make it count. 21 and, 21 and over only terms and conditions. Other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Please drink responsibly. It is the nightcap here on Visa alongside Super Bowl champ Sean King. I am Tim Murray. 
I just got confirmation too. Banksy's coming in studio tonight. Yep. Once he finishes whatever big shot that he's hosting for dinner. If he's got a big shot, he can tell them bring bring the big shot with him. Well, we got Kenny White top of the hour. Uh, we'll see what he's thinking Super Bowl wise, and also Kenny starts to dive into uh, college hoops a little bit around this time of year as Marquette getting a little cold. Getting a little cold there in Milwaukee. Yeah, you're fine. You're fine. 56-51, Golden Eagles leading Villanova. I got the uh, – I mean, it's the... never going to be easy against Villanova either. Well, this is never going to be easy when I bet anything. Well, especially a team like Villanova. Because I told you, it's like a bunch of your uncles. I know. Yeah, so they're going to keep fighting. Like, they're going to lose. And all the dinner is going to be about how they were down 14. They only lost by three. <laughs> I mean, so, like, that's the kind of squad you're dealing with. <laughs> Oh, man. So Marquette leading right now, once again, by five uh, Lakers and Trailblazers all tied up at 48. No LeBron still. AD is playing uh, there for the Lakers. So we will uh, keep an eye on uh, on the NBA action. Brooklyn leading Sacramento 75 to 67. Uh, Brooklyn went off as a five point favorite in that one. You know, it's funny. I saw our guy JVT and we. We haven't fully jumped into the uh, the NBA world yet, but post All Star Day, uh, I'm thinking real hard, and I'm trying to find the best price, and it's it's not great out there. Man, watching what Phoenix continues to do, Sean, they have they are forty mm, plus five hundred. They are forty and six yeah. since starting one and three. Here's what I want to ask you: They made it. This is this is what people. I think overlook, right? It's like the Hawks made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Whoop-de-doo. Whoop-de-doo. The Suns made it to the finals. <laughs> what is he talking about? And Whoop-de-doo. were up by two. And I and I feel like people overlook the fact that the Suns are as good as they are. I mean, my thing is they're plus two twenty five, like to win the Western Conference. Right. But then to win it all, they're plus what, five hundred? Yeah, I want to find a better price. And I, I don't mean, I don't know if you're really gonna get a better price. Especially a team is forty imagine if the Warriors or sorry, the uh the here's Nets the, were forty one and nine. Hey, here's the value to me. And last year I had I think the Bucks ticket I had was seventeen to one, eighteen to one, something like that. But the Bucks are seven to one. And I'm just saying, I don't care what anybody tells me. I still haven't seen anybody in the East that's beating the Bucks in a, a five or seven game series. I, and then they've proven that they can beat the Suns. You know, they're a terrible matchup for the Warriors, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't think the Warriors are getting in the final. Yeah, so I mean, look at the Bucks sitting there. At, but here's here's what I would say to that, and we'll you know we'll break this down more. This is more off the cuff, but to me, you mentioned value. I mean, the Milwaukee Bucks. Granted, they're only a game and a half back, but that East is so jumbled. We it's don't know. Big, I don't think it is. We don't know who. Well, I'm just saying standings wise. Yeah. I mean, are the Bucks going to eventually emerge as the number one seed so they get a tomato can like you know Charlotte in the first round? By the way, Charlotte is capable of putting up on, on, on is capable yeah. of almost putting up 200. But don't forget this about the Bucks. They played the majority of the season so far without all their guys together. Yeah. No, I'm not knocking the Bucks. Yeah. But I do think you're getting a 41 and nine basketball team. Uh, you but know. you're getting plus 700 as on a, Milwaukee as opposed to plus 500 on the Suns. Is, are you you're that confident that Milwaukee will repeat as champs? I'm way more confident that they're going to get there. Like to me, the Suns' issue is Memphis can beat them. 
Golden State can beat them. Brooklyn can beat them. Man, the Brooklyn. Bucks. The Bro- greatest thing about Brooklyn is they're taking money. Like Brooklyn has no shot. They're going to get in the playoffs, and Kyrie can't play home games. They're not even remotely the we, same team. We have no idea what the rules will be. Well, as come, it stands right now. As it stands right now, and that's three months away. And I still think Brooklyn's lack of depth and lack of rebounding is going to crush them coming to playoffs against a good team. I tell you what, man, Milwaukee was beyond fortunate to win that series. Yeah, they didn't have DiVincenzo last year. Yeah, you know who Brooklyn didn't have? James Harden or and, Kyrie. And, and and I'm going to add this context, and you tell me, does it change your mind? Miami's better this year. Hate Cleveland's better. Giannis had not evolved into who he currently is now Giannis is amazing. during that series. Giannis is he still was a guy that had won MVPs, but people weren't sure. So this is before his NBA Finals, mm-hmm. which happened after the Brooklyn Nets series, of course. He's a different guy now. I would, if if you ask me, and now, once again, odds play in, and that's why you're saying 7-1, I would rather take Phoenix than I would that doesn't make any sense Milwaukee. For one, the West is way harder than the East. I don't until agree. Until you're getting a better number in the East. I don't agree. Oh, absolutely. At the top of the West, like the top teams in the West are better than the – well, it depends, like you say, it depends on what you think about the Nets. I think I don't think the Nets are any more threat than the Lakers Did are. you think about your, uh, your, your uh, cigar bet? You said they're going to be one and done. So – the Nets? I, yeah. I got to see how this thing plays out. Well, no, I mean, that that's kind of defeats the purpose. Yeah, the it matters, though. Like, there are certain teams that I just don't trust. You just know you're going to lose, so. I mean, everybody loves the Heat, but the Heat haven't shown me anything outside of the bubble. I mean, they excelled in the bubble, like, playoffs, but outside of that, I mean, I think they have a legit gap on their team, and that's when the game's on the line at the end. Who do they give the ball to? It's not a Jimmy Butler moment. We mentioned Jimmy. Jimmy G likely on his way out in San Francisco. I don't know to where. The question is now, where is he going to go? Where is he an upgrade? Pittsburgh? Yeah, they don't have anyone. But Well, they were talking They were talking a lot to Malik Willis today. We're going to get to Malik Willis in his day. Uh, down in Mobile. Killing it. Yep. We saw some uh, some interesting things making me feel better about my Have you seen him with his shirt off? Cigar, bet. Have you seen him with his shirt off? Uh, yeah, he's pretty ripped up. Right? Yeah. And you know that actually matters? Because I'm going to say this, and I don't care if anybody gets mad at me, but I've played in the Senior Bowl. I've been to the Senior Bowl as an agent. Mm-hmm. And I've been to the Senior Bowl as a part of the media. And it's the most recognizable crowd of people as it pertains to the game of football as you could ever be around. And I'm telling you, less than 40% of them actually really, really know how to evaluate football players. Like, some of them have learned different techniques that they've gotten from others. But less than 40% of them can, like, actually, if I give you three defensive tackles and I say, okay, rank them one to three, very few of them could actually do it based on the film. And when I say different ways, like, there are a lot of people that, evaluate strictly based on measurements. Like, that's their number one priority. Like, at the cornerback position, historically, they know, if you take all the pro bowlers, uh, the average size is six foot uh, and three quarters and 200 pounds, and they must run a four-point something, 40, whatever. That, and then that's how they whittle it down. But I'm talking about the actual guys that can go and know what they're looking at and know what transitions to the NFL game. 
what is developable and also what are deficiencies that aren't going to ever evolve, it's less than 40% of the people there. And so that's why I said all that to say Malik Willis walking around for that 60% that doesn't really know, has his shirt off, oh, they're sold. Well, And he throws the ball on a deep ball, 78 yards. Now, it's 10 yards overthrown, but all they talk about, oh, my gosh. Did you see his arm? And I'm not trying to knock Malik Willis. I'm using him because so far he's been, out of all the quarterbacks, he's been the name that keeps coming up. Well, like the, somebody, my last thing, and then I won't cut yeah. you off anymore. Somebody, I read an article, somebody ran in and raved about a throw he made on a scramble out of the pocket. And they said it was so impressive because it started to rain right after. You can't make this up. Well, I'll bring up a comp. And I'm not saying that he'll ultimately be this guy, but I do remember when he was down at the Senior Bowl, everybody was raving. Arm strength. Look how big he looks. Look Marcus Russell? Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Yeah. Ended up being the seventh overall pick. Looked like he was going to stink early on in his career and figured it out. Look, I, I kind of felt like as the year went on at Liberty, and once again, we'll get to this a little bit, uh, later. Hey, Dante DiVincenzo, there you go. There's yeah, your guy. He's a baller. He is. Big ragu. They miss him. The Delaware Delaware Jordan. Yeah, he's a baller. Um, But. We can catch on I kind of I kind of felt like Malik Willis was. You've been high on him. His draft stock was falling. I wasn't as the year went on. And now here we go. You know what? Let's talk more about that. Some of the developments today at the Senior Bowl, and could there be investment opportunities? Also, Kenny White, top of the hour. Banksy, apparently, at some point. It's a nightcap here at Visa. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. You know that VSIN is the best place to get all the betting insights for the big game. And right now, you can sign up to get our free big game betting guide. This digital guide gives you trends, strategies, props to watch, and tips from our experts. Visit vcin.com slash Super Bowl to get your free guide and get ready for the biggest football betting action of the year. Alongside Super Bowl champ, Sean King. Did you ever do Radio Row? Uh, multiple times. Yeah? Yes. As a, uh, you'd walk around and pitch product or just do it as So I've done it media? as a player. Mm-hmm. I've done it as a broadcaster, and I've done it as a promotional entity. Nice. Yeah. That must have been awesome. You know, it really varies based on where it's at. You know, like I remember in New York, it was kind of weird because it was kind of difficult to get in and out. Right. And then the room, the way it was set up, you know, you had to kind of walk over people, you know. But there have been other times when it's been magnificent. I, I want to say uh, when it was in Houston, if I'm not mistaken, I mean, it was a glorious deal. Now. I mean, because it's in a huge space, you know, so you can maneuver around easily. You know, to me, that's the key. Like, you want to be able to, you know, not be 
congested and on top of everyone, you know. So to me, that plays a large role in it. But, I mean, you're going to meet and and greet and see a bunch of people, you know, uh, that you probably would, would, wouldn't even imagine would be there. Yeah, it's got to be fun for like, you. That's how I, would, I met Deontay Wilder. Yeah, I – I interviewed him uh, two years ago yeah. down in uh, down in Miami. We had a phenomenal setup. Previous show I was on, we were on a riser. Oh yeah, we had you know we had the, the cameras and everyone. And so I've done it. Yeah, where with NBC Yahoo and with ESPN, you know where you're like you're not on regular media. Right. Like you, that, yeah, you, yeah you're, I, was, I was doing that. Yeah, you're a destination spot. For it was nice. Coming. It yeah. was nice yeah. you know, you to see them coming up. But yeah, we had Deontay Wilder on. Maybe I should have told Deontay, hey, uh, this this Fury guy, I know you you knocked him out once, but he's he's going to come gunning for you because a couple weeks later it was bad. You know, I don't fault Deontay for fighting <laughs> Wilder. I mean, uh, Deontay for fighting Fury. The only thing I the wish. Second time? Well, second time he got smoked. Yeah, but I mean, as a competitor, I mean, it is what it is. You got to go, you know, see what's going on. Well, I, I just thought I just, he wasn't properly prepared for the second one. I just thought sequencing-wise, I would have rather seen him fight Joshua first. Because there was a time when both Joshua and Wilder were still undefeated where that was the most massive fight that could be made. I mean, we're talking Mayweather-Pacquiao-size, you know, financial ramifications. And they were arguing and, and positioning over, is it going to be in America? Is it going to be in England? And... Now, all of a sudden, both of them have multiple losses, and it's still a big fight, but it's not like what it would have been when they were both undefeated. By the way, Marquette now up 15. Hey, never in doubt. Told you, dog. See, I needed that nudge. I'm your life coach. Well, you know, I, I appreciate it. I was wavering, right? Mm-hmm. I wasn't feeling great about Marquette. I had to you know, issue an apology already once on the show for, for going against them when they were playing Seton Hall. It's what they do, man. We so. should do that as the last segment every day. We'll kind of go over your college basketball likes and, <laughs> and let me either you, me my yeah, influence. nudge you or let me, you know, put restraints on you. So we were talking about Malik Willis. Uh, he is one of the six quarterbacks down in Mobile uh, for the Senior Bowl. And the first two days apparently have been Malik delicious mm-hmm. because he has been balling. Daniel Jeremiah. NFL uh, Network draft analyst said Malik Willis has been the most impressive QB here through two practices. There was another tweet that I have. Jordan Reed, now a draft analyst for ESPN, Mm -hmm. said Liberty quarterback Malik Willis was impressive today. He was able to clean up his accuracy from day one, looked much more confident today, even showed his mobility. The ball exploded off his hand, and he had lots of nice tosses on day two. He has the strongest arm of any quarterback in Mobile. Not surprising at all. So, during the season, we made that bet, right? Yeah, I'm going to lose that bet. Will he be a first-round pick? But honestly... I'm going to lose that bet. But honestly, Sean, I thought as the season was going on and he was struggling a little bit at Liberty, I thought I was going to lose the bet. I thought he was going to drop out. But now he's down in Mobile. Best thing that could ever happen to him. All the quarterbacks are there, right? Kenny Pickett's there. Matt Corral is there. Sam Howell is there. They are all there. And he stands out because he's incredibly athletic. He's got a huge arm. And he's doing things I that... I took a dumb bet. 
That was a dumb cigar bet by me. But you know what? I took a dumb one, too. I took Texas against Kentucky. So. No, but, I mean, you're a big Chris Beard fan, so I get why yeah. you took them. So here's the deal. And the NFL makes this mistake every year. And it, it's so funny to me that guys are actually getting paid big money. I mean, millions of dollars to be in these positions and continue to make the same mistake. I don't give a damn what a player does post-college career. That's not going to change what he did when the games were actually being played during his college career. So that, like, that, that's the thing where people miss all the time when it comes to especially his position. Well, like, you- I wouldn't even need the senior bowl. Just put the film on. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, you can tell when you watch. Trust me. If you know what you're looking at, you can tell when you watch the film that Malik Willis has a huge arm, meaning he can throw the ball hard, he can throw the ball far, the ball jumps off of his hand. You don't need the senior bowl to figure that out if you know what you're looking at. Like You can tell he's a tremendous athlete. Like I'm telling you, I can put a Malik Willis highlight video of QB runs that rivals Michael Vick. Like at his best, he has that kind of ability. My entire issue was I've seen way too much of the other side of him. And so I think he's a super prospect. But when I'm drafting, if I ever become a GM, that's my dream job is to be an NFL GM. My current job is my second, you know, dream job. It's fine. fine. I would never draft a prospect at quarterback in the first round of the draft because I feel like as a GM – after my five years are done, if that's all I get, every guy I selected in the first round should be a starter on our football team. Because the first round to me is not about taking big-time risks. It's about getting elite starting line talent. And you don't do that by what a kid does after he plays his collegiate career. You do that about what he did when the games actually were going on. So this is where... And this will get this me. This is where you. I will so, be 0 100 on betting on the draft well that, if I use this approach. That's 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 my thing. So 100. percent You have nudged me in right tonight. You nudged me. You're like you. you Marquette's your squad. They're catching points at home. You gotta trust what you've always said. I'm like, you know what? You're right. Right. Marquette plus four and a half. I gotta play it. I have to work with you on betting the draft. No, I'm just gonna sit the draft out. No, I'm no, not no, gonna no. bet it. No, you have to. Nope, it's it not is, gonna happen. It is a very. We'll get. Sacrilegious. On Friday night, we'll get Derek in here. Nope. And I'll ask him, do you like making money? You like money. Yeah. The NFL draft is where you make money, man. It I is, believe you. It is the best market, and you can ask odds makers. They will tell you they hate booking the draft because they lose. Well, I'll tell you this, thing: If that's how you feel, and with the situation being in Jacksonville what it is, I think Malik Willis is 100 to 1 to be the first pick in the draft. 100 to 1. I would 100% go and put money on that bet right now. I think it's worth a flyer. Because he's also a person with a great personality. He's very grounded from a moral standpoint. Don't forget he went to Liberty, which is a Christian school. Mm-hmm. So he's going to come off well in the interviews, in the process. He's going to look guys in the eye. He's going to shake their hand. He's going to say, yes, sir, no, sir. He's going to acknowledge, you know, coach this. It's not going to be, you know, he's going to do all the things that. People that are looking for a reason to like somebody, like them. Well, and there are enough teams that need a quarterback. There's a reason he's 100 to 1. 
because Jacksonville currently owns the number right, one. Right, and they have Trevor Lawrence. And they have Trevor Lawrence. They're not drafting a quarterback. However, bless you. However, they could trade out. If yeah. a team falls in love, look, we saw pictures of um, of Mike Tomlin down there talking to Malik Willis's family. Watch this. If you're Brian Dayball, with all the success you just had fifth with a guy. And seventh round pick, fifth and seventh pick overall. Yeah, that you can do QB run game stuff with, and you've had success. And Jacksonville will be willing to move from one and take the fifth and seventh pick in this year's draft, which if I was Jacksonville, I'd do that in a heartbeat. I could see a team like that doing it. Then you know why I don't. The only thing I think prevents him from being number one is I think Trent Baalke is going to want to make such a splash. He's going to want too much. Very possible. That number one pick is uh, very expensive. But Kenny Pickett, 30 to one. Malik Willis, 100 to one. Malik Willis is the way you should go with that particular bet. If you want to take a flyer, why not? Kenny White, top of the hour, right here on the Nightcap. Nightcap. 